Donald Trump uh, speaking out today on his efforts to subvert the results of the 2020 election, claiming the idea was all his. You called some of your outside lawyers. You said they had crazy theories. Why were you listening to them? Were you listening to them because they were telling you what you wanted to hear? You know who I listened to myself? I saw what happened. I watched that election, and I thought the election was over at 10 o'clock in the evening. Were you calling the shots, though, Mr. President, ultimately? Uh, as to whether or not I believed it was rigged? Oh, sure. I, okay. I, it was my decision. It was my decision, he says. Let's discuss more now with Democratic Congressman of California, Adam Schiff. He's a former member of the January 6th Select Committee, and he currently serves on the House Judiciary Committee. I hope I have all that right. Uh, Congressman Schiff, great to see you as always. We appreciate it. Uh, first, your reaction to what you heard uh, the former president say just uh, a little while ago on Meet the Press. It was his decision to try to overturn the 2020 election results. It sounds like he's taking full ownership here. Uh, it sounds like he is. I, I think this is probably... Uh, you know, music to the ears of the special prosecutor uh, watching these interviews, compiling further evidence to present uh, against the president. It's probably also good news for the prosecutors in Georgia. Uh, here he is taking responsibility, saying it was his decision, uh, essentially, that he was ignoring the lawyers who were saying, the respected lawyers who were saying things that he didn't want to hear and going with the crazies because uh, it affirmed what he wanted to believe. And uh, his taking responsibility for his actions, I guess it, it stops there with that previous comment. Let's listen to what he had to say about how he responded to what took place on January 6th. I want to know who you called By the way, on that day. Nancy Pelosi. I, I don't have, I, why would I tell you that? Listen, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security. She turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't turn down the soldiers, you wouldn't have had January 6th. Did you call military or law enforcement? What? Did you call military or law enforcement at the moment the Capitol was under attack? I'm not going to tell you anything. I told, okay. I, let me put it this way. I behaved so well. I did such a good job. Uh, Congressman, you were on the January 6th committee. What do you make of Trump blaming uh, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi for the insurrection at the Capitol? Uh, your thoughts? Well, I thought that was one of the most telling exchanges of the interview because he won't say who he called because he called no one uh, to put an end to this. Uh, that's uh, the painful reality of it. And he sat there for hours watching the Capitol be attacked. He sat there in the comfort and security of the White House dining room uh, and watched that mayhem unfold. Uh, people came in to urge him to do something, to say something, and he rebuffed them. Uh, no wonder he doesn't want to answer the question. Uh, but the, the proof speaks louder than his lack of words. Uh, and for him to try to blame Nancy Pelosi, blame someone who was the target of that mob violence is also typical of Trump. Uh, he does nothing but project onto others his own lack of action, lack of morality. Um, but uh, but it, it doesn't fool anyone. And I think the, you know, the dereliction of duty by Donald Trump during those hours uh, is is an indictment itself of the former president. In this past, uh, let's talk about the impeachment inquiry up uh, up in the House of Representatives that just got launched this past week. The House Speaker Kevin McCarthy caved to the hardliners of the House Freedom Caucus. He announced this impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Uh, you served at, on uh, Trump's first impeachment, uh, if I have that right. Um, what are House Democrats going to do to respond to that? And um, should, should Democrats be putting together a, a kind of war room to sort of respond tit for tat uh, to allegations that may be coming out of this inquiry? 
Well, I'm sure that we will respond. Uh, at this point, there's very little to respond to because there's no evidence to respond to. Uh, this is an impeachment essentially uh, to do with the budget shutdown. Uh, it is an evidence-free proceeding. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, in an effort to try to coax the more right-wing elements of his conference into not shutting down the government, basically said, I will give you impeachment. I will give you an impeachment investigation in the complete absence of evidence if that will placate you. But, you know, it didn't placate them. It's never enough. Uh, he offered them a censure of me earlier. That wasn't enough. He's offering an impeachment of Joe Biden. That won't be enough. Uh, basically, this is a, a conference that is completely out of control. Uh, you know, we will, of course, respond uh, to whatever they do and to, in particular, the false claims uh, made by the former president and others. Um, but uh, but at this point, this is unprecedented to begin an inquiry in the total absence of evidence in the hope of something that might show up. But more than that, as a chip in a bargaining in a, a bargaining over the budget, that's that's completely unprecedented and completely unwarranted. Do you think the speaker survives uh, until the end of the year in his position? Uh, you know, I think the one thing that Kevin McCarthy has going for him is uh, they don't seem to have much of an alternative. The reason why McCarthy has had such difficulty is the Republicans know, just as the Democrats know, that Kevin McCarthy doesn't stand for anything. There's no conviction behind uh, his actions. There's no strong ideological framework. There's no sense of purpose or mission. The only mission is for him to stay speaker. And that's not much of a unifying theme uh, for the Republicans. And so I'm not surprised he's having the difficulty. He is what has yet to emerge as an alternative, uh, someone that uh, both the, the, the more uh, responsible, uh, although there are few in number Republicans and, uh, and the crazies can agree upon as an alternative. Uh, otherwise, they will vote him down and then they won't be sure where to go. And this week, we saw Hunter Biden become the first child of a sitting U.S. president to be indicted. He was charged with making false statements on a federal firearms form, lying to a federally licensed uh, gun dealer, um, among other charges. Uh, let me ask you your, your thoughts on this. And do you think that these charges harm the president's uh, reelection chances um, to have this continue to hang out there as an issue? You know, I, I don't think they harm his reelection, uh, but I, you know, I think that they take a personal toll. Uh, the president loves his son. Uh, the president uh, realizes his son has had challenges. The president lost one of his other sons, uh, and so it can't help but take a personal toll. Um, but uh, I think the the president will be judged based on his record of extraordinary accomplishment. Uh, he's been one of the most successful presidents in terms of his domestic policy agenda since Franklin Roosevelt. And I think uh, his ability to bring down inflation while not sending us into recession, uh, his passage uh, of the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and more have done more to try to strengthen middle-class families and lift up working families than anyone since Roosevelt. I think that will, that's what he'll be judged on. But I have to think personally, it's difficult. Uh, and I think he would acknowledge that. But, uh, but think, I think, you know, Americans, I'm, yeah. Well, oh, no, I was just going to, if you don't mind me asking, given what you're saying, why is it that all of these recent polls show he's in a, basically in a dead heat with the former president? The guy he beat 
in 2020. The latest CBS poll out today shows 49% for President Biden, 50% for former President Donald Trump. How concerned are you uh, at this point with, with these kinds of numbers? Should the White, and should the White yeah, House you know, and the president is, be more concerned? Yeah. You know, I, I think the president and the White House are going to need to be more vocal about what they've been able to achieve. Uh, and I think as these bills go more into effect, as these projects are rolled out, uh, as these jobs are created, I think the case just becomes stronger and stronger. Uh, and the president of the White House will be out making that case. Uh, so I think his numbers will go up. I'm not particularly concerned at this moment in time. Um, I, I think whenever you test an incumbent president, you're going to see numbers like this because there is an opposition media now. Uh, I don't think a Democratic president, even if they walked on water, given the presence of propaganda outfits like Fox and Newsmax and OAN and a lot of conservative radio, is ever going to do more than uh, you know 55 percent approval on a very good day. Uh, so I'm not surprised. But I feel very confident that when voters uh, see his record, when they see the alternative, that he will be reelected. All right. Congressman Adam Schiff of California, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it.